Welcome to Wherever You Are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada, and you are listening to episode 142 of The Matinee Cast. It's the movie-loving podcast of my movie-loving website, thematinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. On episode 142, we'll be discussing Trainwreck. We'll be flipping the record over to play the other side, and we'll finish out by going further down the spiral. But first, I should probably explain what's going on this week. For starters, it's summer, and summer's the time I like to play around with the show. I like to get outside, get some life and oxygen into the podcast, and um, get more than one guest on at once. And just have fun. Summer's a time for fun, right? In addition, the release of Trainwreck got me thinking about two people who I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. Uh, Two people who I don't really think of as movie nerds, but two very smart, very funny writers who also happen to be women I've known for a very, very long time. So in a moment, you'll join me at the table to listen in on my discussion with Aaron Thompson and Kelly Zimnickis. Aaron is enjoying a successful run with her play Meet Cute, which just did really good things at the Toronto Fringe Festival. Kelly is working on her next show, uh, but has in the past written several short plays about the way men and women interact, including one named Baggage, and my personal favorite, How Does a Drug Deal Become a Decent Third Date? So pull up a chair and pour yourself a glass of wine while Aaron, Kelly, and I consider the ups and downs of Amy Schumer and Judd Apatow's film, Trainwreck. We're at uh, Sip Wine Bar in Midtown Toronto and um, introducing my, uh, my guest today. So starting on my left is, uh, uh, introduce yourself to my, my, my meager listenership. All right, uh, I'm Erin Nora Thompson. I'm an actor and writer. I uh, have had some success with playwriting over the last two years. My show last year, Slut, won the Patron's Pick and the Ed Murphy Award at the Fringe Festival. And right now my play, Meet Cute, is at the Toronto Center for the Arts as part of this year's Best of Fringe. Nice. And on my right? Yeah, I'm Kelly Zanikas, and I'm a producer and writer. Um, I've got four plays under my belt, uh, which I lovingly refer to as my children. And uh, my fifth one is due anytime now. Um, I, uh, I blog a bit. I've got, you blog a lot. You blog I, more I than do, I do, actually. <laughs> which is impressive. I've got two sites, uh, A Person's Guide to Better Living, where I take... Uh, household hints from like the 1920s and 30s and put them to use today. And I have a blog called Marriage and the Single Girl WordPress.com. So yeah, that's what I do. Do you, all, do you also write about food or is that just your Instagram is all foodie? Yeah, my Instagram page, if you like food and looking at things of people eating, uh, it's the Latvian foodie. Nice. So we're going to get to know you both. It's a yeah. condensed yeah. version. My regular listeners will be used to a certain series of questions and I've kind of cherry picked it for our purposes. Also because if I went five questions each, it would be a long show. Um, <laughs> that's so why we have wine. I, I, I know, right? Yeah, we're just going to tell them to keep it coming. Um, so Aaron, we're going to start with you. Okay. What was the first film you can remember seeing in a theater? Uh, I thought about this, and it's either 
it's either E.T. or Return of the Jedi. Okay. I, I think, I thought it was Return of the Jedi, but then when I looked up both the films, E.T. was released first, so it was probably E.T. So you know what's dodgy about that? was th- That was back when they used to release movies multiple times in right. theaters, too. So even if you're just looking at the year, that's not going to give you any quarter. So so then I'm, then I'm going to go with Return, Return of the Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> then I'm going to go to the Return of the Jedi. Uh, do you remember anything about the experience? Like, who um, took you or where you went? It would have been with my parents. It would have been at a movie theater in Burlington. Um, I remember really liking the Ewoks because I was three. I think that's what they were there for. Yeah, and... um, and then uh, with E.T., I guess I was a little, I guess I might have been a little older, but E.T. gave me my love of Reese's Pieces, so good, on, good with the product placement on there. Nice. And the wine is here. The wine is here. Okay. Uh, for this episode, we figured that wine would only be fitting, so yeah, I'm very if, if, happy. We're, if we're slurring yeah. slightly by the end, then <laughs> that's, that, that's why. That's uh, Kelly, the first film you can ever see in a theater. I'm fairly certain. I I thought too it was Return of the Jedi because I was a, I still am a very big Star Wars fan. Um, but I'm pretty darn sure it was To Be or Not to Be by Mel Brooks. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> your your again your parents? No, that would have been uh, my uh, my dear friend Wendy, who's no longer with us. Um, her mom was my babysitter, and they took me to movies a lot in Montreal. And that is my first remembering the movie poster, going, getting the popcorn. So it must have been the first film I saw in the theater. Did any of the jokes in that movie land for you, or were you just happy to be out of the house? I'm a Mel Brooks fan, and clearly that did something. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to to Google it, because I I remember what the poster looked like, but the movie, I I would have to rewatch. I don't remember what that was about at all. Wow. But that, like, seriously, like, that really, now that you mention it, that really probably informs... I remember what the theater looked like, like, everything. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That really informed, like, your comedic sensibilities, I'd say. I think so. Wow. But yeah, that would be it. All right. uh, Aaron, your turn. In the movie of your life, who plays you? Um, I'm gonna go with Tony Collette. Yeah. Okay, and for just you like her persona, yeah. physically, uh, you like uh, the whole thing. Like physically, the whole thing. Um, a lot of it comes from the movie uh, Muriel's Wedding, which oh gosh, I saw in Australia when I was 15 years old. And like, true fact, that movie changed my life. So how so? Um, it was well. It was the first time that I ever saw someone on screen that like kind of looked like me in terms of you know. And and I 100% related to the character of Muriel. I I like looked at that film and went oh my god that's me wow and um yeah and she's like she's versatile like she she can do all the kind of actress who can do a lot of different things um you know including like sometimes she can play really down she can play really glam she's funny as hell yeah she sings she was on broadway i mean she did uh wild party on broadway oh wow okay she's a musical theater performer as well like she's just across the board really one of my favorite 
one of my one of my favorite actresses out there. And you know, we're both we're both freckled and kind of ginger. So <laughs> that's true. It works. It works. Uh, All right. So Nicholas, the, the gauntlet has been thrown down. What, um, what do you, who play, in the movie of your life, who plays you? A lot of sensibilities I find I share in common with Drew Barrymore. Okay. Um, but I think I was quirky before Zoe Deschanel made it quirky, so probably Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be so some sort of too. weird hybrid of the two. A hybrid between Drew Barrymore and Zoe Deschanel. Um, Cute, dorky. Yeah, clumsy and totally happy to make an ass of herself. You can say that. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, um, you're yeah. clumsy. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I really need a bubble to travel outside. Okay. The amount of times I have fallen or tripped. Uh, when my play was in New York. Um, I almost died the night of our closing show. I fell face first down a marble staircase in our apartment. Oh my god. And had my stage manager not been in front of me to block my fall and protect my face, I probably wouldn't be talking to you. Oh my god. So yeah, I'm I'm incredibly close. Somebody somebody who's good at at physical humor, clearly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I think wow. both you. Chili oil or chili flakes or cheese or anything? No, I'm good. I will take chili oil. Chili oil. Yeah, please. Uh, I love that food is here. Yes, it makes yes. me happy. Um, but yeah. Definitely both good physical actresses, so that's a good call. Yeah. Um, all right, last but not least, back yes. to Aaron. What's a movie that for any reason, any rhyme or reason, you wish you had made? Well, you know, Muriel's Wedding is. Mm-hmm. is yeah. I'm sensing a theme. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, but this uh, this one this one is tough because mm-hmm. there's like there's there's so there's so many. <laughs> um, and Muriel's wedding is up there, but like honestly, and and you know, and we're gonna get into it. Trainwreck is up there too. Oh wow! I, okay. I, um, now it seems yeah. like the obvious question, but I take it from a writing capacity, or would you like to have directed it? Would you like to act in it? All of it? Anything? All like all of the above. In, in Muriel's wedding, I mean, I think I would have uh, I would have loved to write or or perform in it okay. for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not. You just uh, want to sing ABBA, is what you want to do. <laughs> you want to be paid to sing ABBA. My first no, word was then, ABBA. Then, then I would have said Mamma Mia. You were trying Mia. to say bottle. Then I would have said Mamma Mia. I mean, I would say, I would say that the that the other thing that I would, the other movie that I could possibly go with, just to like go off theme a little bit, might be um, uh, Guys and Dolls. Like, okay. like Brando and, and Sinatra. And Brando, Brando, Sinatra. Okay, why that one? Um, it was the first movie musical that I ever saw. Um, I love it. I love the character of um, Adelaide. I would love to play Adelaide someday. Awesome. Um, although I would, I would far, and also Marlon Brando <laughs> is sexy as fuck. I I'm sorry, Marlon Brando right. was quite handsome. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like all of a sudden you watch those old movies and you're like, I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he, and he, you know, Frank Sinatra in that movie sort of sings his way through the acting, and Brando acts his way through <laughs> the, the singing. singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, that's a that's a good reason. And it's just it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and so I have like 
I have a soft spot for that movie. Nice. Nice. I, I had guesses in my head for your answer. What were your guesses? Uh, I'd rather not say. <laughs> I just we we talk were a little bit more. No, no we we talk a little bit more than Aaron and I do. Although right. I run into Aaron far more on transit than I run into you. <laughs> although that was I used to run into you on transit oh, all the I time. Know. I know. Because um, you're stalking me. It is. It is really. Um, but I, I, I no, I, I would not possibly guess. So what would be the movie that if you could? Just because I thought it could have been so much better, I would have loved to have redone the first Sex in the City movie. I was such a fan of the TV show. And, like, that movie, I mean, you went into the theater and you came out about seven months later. Like, that was long. It um, was, but it, it was a depressing It could have been so... I was such a fan of the series. I had such high hopes for seeing where those characters would have gone. And just as a fan of the series, I was kind of bummed she ended up with Big. But that could be another discussion altogether. <laughs> it's a whole other show. Um, but that one, in terms of a movie that I genuinely enjoyed and wish I could have been a part of, uh, 500 Days of Summer. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, if no one heard that with a motorbike going by, 500 <laughs> Days of Summer, and going really, really far back, if the opportunity ever arose in my life, I would love to redo it happen one night with Claudette Colbert and Clark Okay. Yeah. None of those would have been my guess. <laughs> So I'm, I'm happy to see. Um, that's yeah. why I keep my mouth shut and just yeah. listen. Um, that was my first. But you know what? The thing you bring up with Sex in the City is that was that was never my show. I, yeah. I found it interesting for a lot of reasons. I find it like culturally tremendously important. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, I feel like that deserved a better movie. It's such it a touchstone for and a lot of a people. Second, which was equally as like I think it was, I thought it was longer, worse, wasn't it? I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to watch the second. I had. I had so many problems with the first movie, and like you, yeah. huge fan of the show. Yeah, huge fan of the show. Um, for sure. And, and it was one of those things where when I watched, when I watched the movie, I'm like, for a movie that's got sex in the title, there's a surprisingly there's small very amount of it happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the theater, I remember all these women, are, including myself, we were all dressed up. And like, I can't believe this is happening. And I went to dinner with my sister-in-law and, and a friend, and it was a big thing. And we left the theater just like, oh, yeah. really? No, that, that's really? a movie that deserves better for sure. It did. Yeah, it definitely um, does. Every single night and every single day, I'ma do my thing. I'ma do my thing. So don't you worry about me. I'ma be okay. I'ma do my thing. Cause I'ma do my thing. And well, thank you both. That's good insight into, into uh, who we got gathered today. And we are gathered. Um, the new sign for this episode is Trainwreck, the new movie uh, directed by Judd Apatow, written by Amy Schumer. Starring Schumer and Bill Hader. Uh, those are the main two people. There's other people in there like Brie um, Larson, LeBron James, uh, John Cena, uh, strangely enough. Should we uh, say who plays her boss? Cause yeah, because shocked. My, okay, at so who that, that was. Did you realize that that was Tilda Swinton as her I boss? I thought it was Tony Collette. No, going back no, to Tony I, Collette. I, I spent I spent most of the movie. So when I got there, there was like you know in like the preview things, they're like they're like which star of Trainwreck wrote you know wrote Trainwreck, and it's like you know, and it says like John Cena, Tilda Swinton, Amy Schumer, Bill Hader, and I. And I was like, oh, Tilda Swinton's in the movie? So I was watching oh, I for her the whole movie. Yeah, I was hey, watching for her the whole movie. Yeah. 
And then I, I like kind of realized halfway through, I'm like, like, oh, that's Tilda Swinton. Yeah. That's amazing. That is incredible. She is so fantastic. So in case people haven't seen it, Amy Schumer plays Amy. Um, she's a, a writer. And she's living her own life. She's got her own pad. She's got a decent job. Uh, she does not believe in relationships. She doesn't even really believe in spending the night. Um, she does a lot of drinking, some soft drugs, and she's just marching to her own drum. One day she meets Aaron, that's Bill Hader, um, who's a sports doctor, and she's doing a profile on him, and wouldn't you know it, they end up kind of falling for one another. So there's been a lot of talk over the last few years about classic rom-coms and how they kind of skew expectations to get this out of, you know, shows like The Mindy Project, for instance, really started with that kind of thing. Um, and specifically how they don't always reflect reality. Yeah. But the question I have for you, which I usually preface by saying pop quiz hot shots, is, is there something to be said for wanting things in classic rom-coms? And does Trainwreck come down in that in favor of wanting something that's in a classic rom-com? I, I, I've only seen one of your plays, um, but I know for myself, because I, I rom-com is sort of my, my, my bag of tricks, and my, my genre that I love, I get a lot of flack... Sometimes I shouldn't say I get a lot, but I do get, get firm. I do get flack for not having a traditional happily ever after ending. Okay. Um, and then I get comments on the same scale of, yeah, that doesn't always happen that way. I kind of like with playing playing with it because it, it doesn't always come in a nice pretty little bow with a box. So is one of the things that defines the rom com the ending though? Because I like it to me the genre is is a lot about the lead into there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like... With, it's about the misunderstanding. Right. It's about how men and women do not communicate or manage to communicate yeah. once in a while. Yeah. And the ending just happens to be where the ending is. Yeah. Um, yeah. People who might be listening outside of the city haven't seen your show, but your right. show plays around with that in just yeah. one particular moment about how a moment can go any number of ways. Right. So within the romantic comedy milieu. Yes. So so my show, Meet Cute. Meet Cute, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a, is a writing term. And it's the moment in a romantic comedy when the... Uh, when the leads meet and uh, they have to the movie The Holiday actually has a scene where they talk about this and they say you know they can't just the leads can't just meet they have to meet in a cute way right Um, and so you know and and so so, do you believe in the classic tropes and do you believe that Trainwreck is in favor of them or is saying that that's not for us I liked I liked how Trainwreck um, played with the played with yes, the tropes very much. You know, like yeah. how much how much spoiler do we? Do we're we're this? gonna go. I've already run the spoiler running <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. We're gonna go full board to the end of this movie. All right, because the ending um, of this movie I think is really important. Yeah. So so it's um, you know so I like I like how they I like how they played um, with the tropes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that um, you know it's she's she's not a maniac. She's not a maniac pixie girl. No. Um, yeah, definitely. And, uh, She's probably the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know and and he's he's not. But she's also not this wild child that she's taming. You know, exactly. she's someone who's living her own life. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and I kind of like 
that even though I'm a person who, when people do grand romantic gestures to me in real life, I run away screaming. Why? Um, wait, wait, wait. Why? Why? Let's let's get into this. Um, because movies like this would inform your expectation and your reaction. Uh, mostly because at the time that I receive them, I feel like it's too early. Okay. You know, okay. and I and I feel like there's there's a sense of expectation and pressure that comes with it, and and I'm I'm someone who's um, who's very big on reciprocation and, and honesty, and so you know like like it always used to make me feel really uncomfortable if somebody was like, oh my god, you're totally my best friend, and I didn't feel the same way, and I would be like, you're such a pal. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you get you get like the big bouquet and you're like already. What? I I I um, see where I'm looking for the trapdoor. I don't right, you want to no. get out of that situation. No, I don't no. believe it. See, see really? Because I don't think I deserve it. But that's the whole it's, thing about me. But, but, no. but, but, no, but this is this is the thing. We've all yeah. grown up on movies like this, sure. and everybody who's reacting to it is coming to it this kind of way. So and you know if, yeah. this is not like I see the grand romantic gestures and the big stuff in movies, and I always think like, wow, that would be really nice if that would happen to me. It probably won't. But if it did, you would then freak out like Aaron, so, or so if, I'm if not it's, used to it. If it's okay. so, so you would be overwhelmed. Yeah. So if it's okay, I'm going to give yeah. an example from my own life. Sure. Um, yeah. So with someone I was dating and uh, and he and I he and I are still friends which is which makes me very happy because he's he's a great guy and um, but he was somebody who was who was giving me gifts all the time uh, he gave me the t-shirt I'm wearing right now it's a lovely shirt you know, uh, it's um, and that's just him and that's his personality and I was trying very hard to be okay with that and um, he uh so my favorite ice cream is Tin Roof Sundae, which they don't make anymore, um, because it, it's the best ice cream ever. It's vanilla ice cream, French vanilla ice cream with a chocolate fudge ripple and chocolate covered peanuts. It's like it sounds delightful. It's it's delightful. You can't find it anywhere. And so I made a crack to him one day. I'm like, if you find oh god, he found if you find uh, Tin Roof Sundae, Sunday, I am so giving you a blowjob. And. Uh, <laughs> And he, how many how many minutes passed? How many well, hours? Well, no. Because so like, like speaking I, as a dude, that goes to the top of the to do no, list I'm just right say, then. I had already at that point given him a blowjob. I no no no. It's not a matter <laughs> but, of it's the first one. Yeah. It's the fact that you put that on the table. Right. It's like you know so, whatever else needs to be done that day, you will work, you will work around it. So. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> he. Uh, after after a show one day, um, he like showed me, um, brought me to his his car, and he showed me a, a video that he made of him going on a road trip, and it was a really okay. cute video, and it was really sweet, and it showed him like pulling up to a to a, a like it was him going to like this creamery that's like way out of town. It's like four and a half hours oh out of the God. city. Oh my God. And him like pulling up to the creamery, and he, you know, and and in the video oh, he man. takes an entire like ice cream tub. Of People ice can't cream. see Aaron's hands, but they're and about a foot apart. It's like, yeah. like but two like feet apart. you know when you go into the ice cream parlor and they've got those tubs that are in the thing. He's yeah. Putting one of those tubs in a cooler in his trunk, and I look what? in the trunk, and there's a cooler in his trunk, and I said, there is not a tub full of ice cream in that cooler. And he you said, give yourself lockjaw. 
he said, You don't have to eat it all in one no. sitting, Cal. <laughs> he said, no, the he said, no um, it's, at, it's okay. at my friend's house. I scooped two liters out and it's, and it's on ice in, in the trailer. It's on ice in the cooler. And I said, and I was like, and I think he was expecting me to be like overwhelmed with joy and so happy. And I, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you didn't drive a nine hour round trip and buy me 11 liters of ice cream when we've been dating for a month and a half. Whoa. And And meanwhile, you know what? In the movies wow. that would play. In the and, movies and that in would the movies, yeah. In the movies that would play. And 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 I really enjoyed the ice cream. <laughs> but but in the same respect. And it was it was delicious and I and I appreciated that, but but it was it was too much too soon for me. Okay. And it, and it created for me this like this this expectation that the relationship was more was more than it was at the time. Yeah. And and um, and that's and that's and and that's that's me. I imagine that he would have got ideas for things like that. From the kind, like from you know, from say anything as as, as to use a movie as an example, right? Sure. You know, yeah, from that kind sure. of thing, like the grand gesture that we all grew up on in in movies. Like I remember yeah. the guy who was my date for when I graduated from college. He had like some candy and flowers, and he said to me, "I, I saw this in a movie and just like <laughs> thrust it towards me." Yeah, yeah, it's the way we. It was kind of cute. Um, so in general, I, I kind of take it by the way we're talking that you both liked Stranger. I did. I, I loved it. Lo- I didn't. Okay. But okay I liked so it. you first. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what didn't send me over the edge about it, but I did appreciate her playing with what you usually traditionally see in a film. I really did. Um, there were scenes that I thought they didn't need. Yeah. Um, like that bit where Bill Aaron's character goes and LeBron James is there with Marv Albert and he, the, I the, felt the like inter- that was the relationship it. intervention. There were little bits that I thought could have been sort of okay. cut out and such. Um, but I'm grateful that they made it because it's a different slant on a very, you know, there's, it's, it's nothing new. No. Like all these stories have been told, but there's different ways of telling them. Right. And I was really grateful to see a different way of telling it. And you liked it a little yeah. bit more. I liked it a little bit more. My, my issues with it are, are very, very nitpicky. Mm. Um, it's like little things like, I wish she hadn't called her character Amy. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's I I because you know she's got her show, which is Inside Amy Schumer, and all of her characters on that are named Amy. Exactly. Yeah. And so I would have liked it, and you know, her last name was in Schumer, but I would have liked it if she just went with really any other exactly. name. Exactly. Because she's yeah. already playing a skewed version of herself. Like we didn't need exactly. her to take it that one step further. Exactly. You know, yeah. Name her Erin. You know. Yeah. Well, her her. You know, love interest is Aaron, so oh, right, I don't right. know. Maybe name her. You know, have you ever dated an Aaron? I've had crushes on Aaron's. I've never. Does dated that not get Aaron. weird? Um, not not anymore. You dated so. a Kelly? You've dated a Kelly? Not any. I haven't dated a Kelly, but what's weird is with doing online dating and having a book blind date once. Yeah. People who look like people you're related to. Oh, that's yeah. not good. Ugh. Not good. Yeah. I, I do, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of you two. I, I yeah. like this movie. Yeah. I did have. I, I had issues with kind of pacing. Like it's a two hour and nine minute movie. It was a little longer than I thought. It would be. Yeah. And right. the, the crazy thing is a lot of that stuff that you're talking about that could have been excised out of the movie and made it a little bit more cohesive. So much of it is is Aaron's stuff. Like so much of it is 
giving him his time where she's nowhere to be found. Right. So I'm thinking of the, the whole bit where he's talking to Amari Stoudemire and, like, preparing for a surgery, mm. you know, or the, the, the very long length that we go to with his, his awards dinner. Like, a lot of that could have been tighter, and I believe in fleshing out all sorts of characters, but not when your lead isn't there. You know, every time that we're talking with her family, every time we're talking with her exactly. father, every time yeah. we're talking with her coworkers, she's at least always in the room. Yeah. There's a lot of moments where we're hanging out with Aaron and she's nowhere to be found. Yeah. I, I think those are more my gripes about it, this little... See, I, I really didn't mind that, and, it, and I, really, I really didn't mind the pacing at all. I, you know, I kind of, I kind of liked the fact that we saw... I kind of like the fact that we were able to see Aaron um, as an individual and not just through her eyes. Right. You know. Um, you know. I, I. You know. I. I. I really. I really liked that. Um, I guess maybe just not quite so much. Of it. Maybe. You know. Or. Or maybe just like condense it. It probably could have done without the inter. Without the intervention. Stuff. <laughs> I hated that. I just um, did not like that scene. I'm just like okay. So. So you. So you cut that. Especially because like, like at that point things seemed to be building to a crescendo. Yeah. Yeah. There were there were a few moments. Um, I don't. I watch a lot of her stuff on online, like selected clips, because yeah. I don't get the channel that her shows on. Um, but uh, there were a few things that I thought that would be a great sketch. That scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe that was one. Yeah. That could have been. Yeah. Well, there was one piece that I actually recognized from her stand-up, which is at the uh, baby shower, oh, and yeah. they're all playing yes. like the you know skeletons in the closet yeah. game. That's actually that was a piece that was almost like verbatim from her stand-up, which I got really excited when I, I love that when I saw. <laughs> um, but uh, but I mean like like thing, things there's a couple things that I just really loved about this film that, like that pushed it over. Um, just the fact that you know, like when the movie started, I was like, oh my god, this is the first movie that's ever accurately reflected my dating experience. <laughs> um, you know, because you see things in the media all the time. I have dated bad sex talk guy. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Oh yes, I think we all were. Um, but it's, uh, but it's, you know, it's like the the, the opening, you know, sequence of yeah. this movie is is Amy Schumer, you know, who you know has a, has a whole sketch on, you know, has a twenty minute sketch on her show about whether she's hot enough to have her own show, going on these dates and hooking up with and having sex with all of these like, you know. Really? Attractive yeah. Like, yeah. guys who are yeah. totally into her, and like you know, her main her main squeeze for the start of the film is John Cena, who she describes as as an ice sculpture, and <laughs> and it's like you know, and you you see in the media like when there was that Lena Dunham girls episode where she hooks up with Patrick Wilson, and they're all like, oh my god, you would never you know have sex with a girl that looks like yeah. that and all that kind of stuff, and it's like for those of you who can't see me. I have I I think I'm an attractive person and I, I have I, I have you know but it's like my I, I don't hit that. <laughs> I'll let your wife know okay um, but I uh, but I don't you know it's like it's like I've got a belly I got you know exactly. I'm I'm yeah. I'm round okay. I'm like probably around I'm anywhere from like an eight to a fourteen depending on the cut and. Let me tell you, folks, I have no problem meeting and hooking up with the more sort of stereotypically attractive guys. I was, you know, a year or two ago, I was dating a personal trainer whose bicep was the size of my thigh. 
like it, <laughs> there is no and, and so and so it was really refreshing for me to, to, yeah. to see to exactly. see that and to ha- to really have no judgment about it and it's little things that like when Amy would say something funny her you know the person who's in the scene with her would laugh and it's yeah. not it's not corpsing it's actually the character it's, being exactly. like what you said yeah. was really funny and I'm laughing exactly. it's, yeah. I really liked the reality the, the world that the film lived in was very familiar to me and it made me yeah. really happy yeah I, I enjoyed that she had no agenda to go down the aisle or have children she's happy like, she's that's, happy that's the thing she does like, and I get for, for me um, which I hope I do fairly well in my writing but I love pushing that woman more out there because we don't all want those traditional things that folks may see in previous romantic comedies that try and make the woman the the strong independent. I'm starting to believe that that along with it being um, a male-female thing, I'm also starting to believe, and and also a a geographical thing, I think it depends on where you live. For sure. Um, Life in cities is very, very different than life outside of cities. But I'm Mm -hmm. really beginning to believe that that is also a generational thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was saying to Kelly before you got here, Erin, that I started reading Aziz Ansari's book uh, about modern romance and how how people are dating now and how different it is than even just 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And how the markers have moved so dramatically that when our parents were our age, they would have, our parents would have been married, like, in their early 20s. Well, my and, parents and got married at 19 and 21. Wow. My parents dated for 10 years. My mom did not want to get married. She did not want to have children. Um, and they've been really good for me. I don't know about how your parents have been, but they've constantly said, if you don't want to get married, like, don't, it's yeah. not a big yeah, deal. Yeah. So they've never pushed that. Yeah. Whereas my sister-in-law, and I love her to death, when she married my brother, her parents were like, why didn't this happen sooner? But I've never grown up with that. I definitely wanted a good relationship, and I'm still trying to find a decent one, but I've never kind of... I don't really want to get married, and I'm okay if I don't I was going to say, if, even if you got a relationship tomorrow, and even if it was a relationship that lasted yeah. the rest of your life, if, if you got, had the marriage and the house and the kids, and that's the yeah, same thing like, that I get out of I Amy's... have my Tiffany ring that I bought myself, and I am okay with that. Positive. <laughs> um, so. I, I think that's that's the thing that so, this yeah. movie really has to say, is about being happy with your own choices. Be they exactly. good or bad, they're your yeah. choices. Yeah. And I, I've, I don't usually look at what other people are saying about a film before I kind of put my flag in the ground but it's been hard with the week that's passed by not to hear people bitching about the end of this movie and how it kind of betrays it because Amy eventually goes for a grand romantic gesture and goes for love but to me, I believe that works. I believe that she wanted that I, in some way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah, it may not work out, but yeah. in that moment, that's what she wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and well, and it's like it's like this is another one of my little one of my little kind of nitpicky things is like I'm I'm happy with the with the grand romantic gesture at the ending. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's the way she does it is hilarious. It is. Yes. And yeah. very yeah. you know. Um, very, very endearing and it's and clumsy. And it's it's offbeat. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's completely the you know, reverse of what yeah. is normally happens in that yeah, moment. Exactly. And, <laughs> and is you know, it is really wonderful in a lot of ways. And um, it's like if there's and there's no saying that this didn't happen because we don't see you know what happens necessarily after. Yeah, I was waiting for but, you for a second. But <laughs> but it's like if there's if there's one thing that I wish could have been just kind of stuck in there too it's that 
you know, it's that she's not... It's that she is that she doesn't give up. Is that she doesn't go for 100% monogamy because no. she doesn't strike me as no. necessarily like, a monogamous person. And I wish that there was you want a conversation least, about at least that? a little bit of a conversation sure. of like of like you know okay like we're gonna do this and I and I want to be with you yeah. and you know and. You know, and and even and even if it was even if it was just in even if it wasn't a conversation, even if it was just insinuated, but like by them like yeah, yeah celebrating getting back together with a threesome or something. Like right, you know, right. like just yeah. something that's something that, that that allowed her to retain that part of her life yeah. that she loved. Yeah, like I I left the cinema assuming things like that. Yeah. But it would have been nice to maybe have a small beat or a gesture or Just like a little yeah. wink of something you know. like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, go back to that any like, hall. Thank God go, go back to that any hall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I I I <laughs> loved love love the scene with John Cena where you know, when they when they break up, when he's like, "Do I have to worry about, about you with other guys?" and she's like, we never said we were exclusive. <laughs> and here's the thing that I love about that scene is that that takes the again that takes yeah. the whole thing. Take a drink, people. Yeah. That takes the whole trope of romantic comedies and flips it on its head because yeah. you've got the guy saying, "I'm with you." I'm like, you know, as far as like the lovey-dovey right. stuff and the going to the yeah. movies and the hanging out on the couch. That's that's your beat. That's your yeah. bag exclusively. You're the yeah. only yeah. person who I spend the night. Yeah. Everybody else, you know, that's just physical. And you would think that a dude wouldn't care. Right. You know, yeah. or, or you know, you. But he obviously that's a yeah. big that's a big deal for him, yeah. as well. Just you know, nicely underlined by him being a big, oafish brute of yeah. a guy. Like I've got oh I've got God. a friend who who is sorry. Just yeah. one more thing about John Cena. Yeah. What a surprise in that film. Him he and LeBron. Yeah. Holy oh, moly. Can they do a road trip? Please. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always, I always, like you guys. I always get really, really scared when I see athletes no, in the cast. No, they, both of them. I was so yeah, happy. I want to see something with the two of them. I would absolutely, please, absolutely oh. love that. Please um, do. Yeah. Whoever, whoever out there, that make, happen, right? yeah, whoever out awesome. there is listening to this, somebody please somebody write a LeBron James and John Cena bromance movie. I would love it. I would watch yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, but I've got a friend who, upon learning that I had been in a five-year open relationship, looks at I have been. Okay. Yeah. You met you and Lindsay are the only people who ever met him. He was so like wow. invisible in my life. But there will be a long conversation after the show. But upon my friend learning this, treated me like John Cena treated Amy. Of like, well, do you need to go to a hospital? And like, just judged me so harshly. We have not spoken since. Wow. Yeah. Because he thought he's like, how can you be a woman and be okay with that? Like, it's my choice, Choice. and I'm happy. And I get to see other people too. I saw this guy more than, but whatever. It's Um, funny. The thing I I think that we're kind of all bringing up here that is really, really key, I think, to this movie's success Mm -hmm. is. It's a Judd Apatow-directed movie, but it's actually the first one he did that he didn't write. And, you know, we're, we're talking about... We've, we've gone on for, like, 15 minutes or so talking about this movie, and we really haven't brought him up once. And, one, I think that works for him. I, I like him directing somebody else's material. Yeah. Um, all his other movies he wrote, and he's a 
he's a hilarious yeah. guy. He's a great, you know. But I, I like seeing the marriage of different ideas, and I think that yeah. he brings, it works well together. you know, her ideas yeah. work really, really well filtered through him. Yeah. And I think what the other thing is that really, really makes this Amy's movie. Like we haven't really been talking about Judd, Judge, Judd, at all. Right. And that's the thing. Like I think her script really, really comes through more than his direction. But I, but I have been thinking, even though we haven't been talking about him, I have been thinking about Judd Apatow a lot uh, in the context of this film, but. but but also, um, you know, in in I think that he is really becoming a wonderful mentor for for young female yeah, writers absolutely. and actors in Hollywood because he's a key he's a key player in uh, in girls yeah in Lita Dunham's girls and um, you know and and people forget that a lot that he was. He would, he's it's an EP on the show, and he writes some of the episodes, yeah. and he's directed um, some of the Bridesmaids, which we'll talk about in a bit as well. He was a, he was a producer on that. You know, and um, and you know, and he was one of the only people in Hollywood who, right from the start, was really like once things started coming to light about Bill Cosby, was like, yeah, let God bless like, him. <laughs> you know, like come on, people, like yeah. he he right from the start in Hollywood was like, like. Like, why are we not believing these women? Yeah. What is the yeah. problem, people? Yeah. And and so, and so, I've been, I've been, um, I think, I think what he's doing, what he's doing is is great because you know there is a real dearth of, of female voices in in Hollywood, and he's sort of building, he's building the generation of of writers and directors and performers who are going to feed the generation below. And yeah. I think you look fantastic. at, for instance, it's not even his project, but like if you look at, for instance, the next Ghostbusters movie. Right. Um, you've got two comedians that are, like in Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. Right. Informing two comedians younger than them in Leslie Jones and uh, Kate McKinnon. So right. already... You're yeah. starting to see that one generation informing the next, informing the next. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and ditto like um, comedians like Tina, uh, writers and comedians like Tina Fey yeah. and um, Amy, Amy, Poehler. Amy Poehler. You know, it's and and a lot of this is. It takes one person to do that gesture. It takes one person yeah. to say why can't great. this happen and why exactly. hasn't this happened. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing I, I really like about this movie. Again, is yeah. is how much this is. Very much her baby. It's it in a way. It's kind of an extension of her show. Right. Like, like you were saying, there's a lot of stuff in there that seems really familiar, but it's it's doing it on a much yeah. bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think overall, I think overall, the film is um, is really successful. And it's not that I, and it's not that I uh, don't think it it has it has problems. I just think that they're. I think that for me, at least, they're very they're very minor and they're very and they're very oh, yeah. nitpicky yeah. things. And I. You know, I like laughed out loud. Oh my gosh! Like, yes. side, like yeah. side-splitting laughter. You know. And I've always, yeah. I've always said and for comedy, that's the pass fail. Did it make you yeah. laugh? Yeah. Yes, it works. There was yeah. a lot of laughing, a lot of I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, well, and and I went to see it with like two really good girlfriends. I went with my mom. And, nice. <laughs> I feel like I should have brought wine. That's the only thing I did wrong. Like she, there's, this, there's a scene in this movie where she's drinking wine in the theater. I'm like, what yeah. a fabulous idea. Oh my goodness. Speaking of that theater, um, yeah. I years ago with a fellow I write with on occasion, Bryce Hallett, um, we wrote a short film that got into a festival in New York, and that was the theater that we debuted at. Okay. So you're like, I've been there. That's my theater. Um, well, I, I gave you both lots of homework to do for this episode, which yeah. I think almost scuttled the whole episode right there. If you ever want to get wrath by email, let me tell you. 
email people homework for your podcast. Um, but the one thing I, I brought up was saying a souvenir uh, from the movie, something okay. tangible or intangible that if you could, you would keep or experience or whatnot. Um, John Cena. John, j- just him just in general. Him. Like yeah. you want to hang out with him? I could just take him. Do you want to like write a show for him? I would like to to hang out with John Cena. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Aaron Thompson, beat that. Uh, I could like one up that and say John Cena and LeBron James, and I can write a movie that starts with them and me. Of course, yeah. that may only be on certain channels. That you have oh my gosh, that for. scene where the um, the kid was doing the drugs on her forehead. Oh, my my souvenir is not nearly as uh, as exciting. Um, I just I want to see the movie The Dog Walker. The black and white movie with uh, the, the <laughs> yeah. fake black Marissa and white Tomei, movie, Marissa yeah. Tomei and Harry Dan- Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, sitting there smoking Someone's cigarettes. I want to see it. It could only be like a five minute short, but I, I want to see that movie. I hope it's online. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's on the Blu ray for this movie. Um, we rate the movies yeah. on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars. Um, I'll start with you, Kelly. What did you, on a scale of one to four, what would you give Trainwreck? Um, and you can my, do hats, my, by the way. I don't know. My my beef with it was so tiny. I would say four. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Top marks out of Kelly. Yeah. Aaron Thompson. Um. Yeah. Even though I think I probably like the film more than Kelly, I'm gonna go with like three and three quarters. I okay. just like it's uh, just because there there, it's not. There are very few films to me that I yeah. that I'm like that's a perfect film, right. and so it's, okay. so it's yeah. hard for me to to give that mark. I mean, it was yeah. very close. It was very close. But it wasn't. Um, but it wasn't something yeah. that I could. I I, I kind of feel like there used to be this reviewer on CBC Radio who would give critiques on records and just like rip them to shreds and then be like. Nine out of ten stars. I feel like that. Guy. <laughs> no, but I think that's important. I think Maybe that, that like to be able to, to be able to say that something is yeah. great <laughs> despite <laughs> these flaws. Sometimes it's yeah. because of these flaws that it still I'm endures. I'm just so happy it, it exists out there. Because you know, yeah. you, both, you both have been to like yeah. writers' workshops and that kind of thing where yeah. they've said this works and this works and this works, or this doesn't work and this doesn't work exactly. and this doesn't work. Meanwhile, yeah. you can release something out of out into the world that doesn't follow those rules and still works. And it still works. Yeah. But it, that's the thing. It, in, in a strange way. It does follow the rules. It just like it just like either twists them or consciously ignores them. Yeah. You know. Or it, like any any you know any little stumbles that makes up that happens along the way it makes mm-hmm. up later. Yeah. I think that was it mm-hmm. for me. I, I ended up saying like in my brain like three and a half. I think yeah. I, it's one of those ones that as I yeah. watch more, I'm yeah. really really gonna love it and I love to death that it exists. Yeah. Um, and that like you said that I, I keep confusing which one of you said what, but I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was Aaron uh, said that it's gonna inform younger comedians. Yeah. Um, you know I I, I love yeah. that, that that that's the thing. But we're going to move on to the other side. So this is the section of the show where we recommend other movies that people could move on to um, as a double feature with um, with Trainwreck. Aaron, we're going to start with you. You went back just a few years and you suggested Bridesmaids, the yeah. one um, directed by Kevin uh, Fagg. Paul Fagg. Paul Fagg, Jesus. Paul Fagg, um, who's also a really good proponent of female uh, talent. Yes. Um, now, why was that your automatic go-to? Um, and good well, choice, it, by the way. Yeah, it, for me it was uh, also because when I watched Bridesmaids, I had, a, I had a very similar experience to watching Bridesmaids as I did to watching Trainwreck, where I was like, I am so happy that this movie exists <laughs> in the world. And, you see and yourself in that one, too? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, it, I will, that's another movie that I was just like, man, I would have loved to have yeah. done that. And there's there's so many like Bridesmaids has so many wonderful like subtle moments in it, like from. Kristen Wiig imitating a penis to, you know, when she's in the coffee shop and the wonderful relationship between her and Maya Rudolph to, like, to, like, Rose Byrne's really fantastic turn as this, you know, on the surface kind of skinny white bitch who you realize is so starved for female friendship and attention because all she knows how to do in her life is, you know... Is is you know have men host. fall in love with host, her yeah. and host and um, you know is is so starved for for true female friendship you know to um, you know Melissa McCarthy just being unapologetically you know a completely genius, <laughs> genius like sexualized bull in a china shop mm-hmm. bull in a china shop you know <laughs> that movie really right? just like. You know, you know, and 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 being like, you know, I don't fit the stereotypes of, of female beauty, but like, God damn it, I'm a sexy woman, and and uh, you know, and and just like so many, so many wonderful little moments like that, and you know, and um, and you know, and so and so, what, you know, what. Kristen, what Kristen's Wig character lacks is like the strength of you know sort of conviction of character that Amy Schumer has in uh, in Trainwreck. Yeah. Um, even though they're both kind of characters who are you know. Well, in in I think the, the big difference is at least in Bridesmaids, she's just taken a beating. Like she's yeah. Uh, she's just had her. Is she living it back at home or is she on her own? It's, she's she's just moved back home. She's just moved back home. That's right. Yeah. Um, her her bakery didn't didn't work out. Right. And that to me is the core of what makes that movie work is yeah. that we have these weird little customs yeah. in our adult life that we don't certainly don't think about when we're kids yeah. that you know we adhere to and 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 we go yeah. along with even though in a lot of times it's asking a lot it's really weird it's really uh, it, it's it's a lot to ask of one person and it takes no account of what they may be going through at that moment right and that's that's the thing of of a maid of honor like mm-hmm. you uh, you know you women, it sucks for you guys because you have to go through so much for a wedding. It, it, not even if it's your own, but if you're in the bridal party and God help you if you're the maid of honor. I have been the groom and the best man. It is a cakewalk for us. We wear a suit and we go drinking and that's all we do. You guys have responsibilities. You got you have to stand up in front of complete strangers. You have to give speeches and you have to be there for your friend right. and it does not at all take into account what you may or may not be going through you just have to drop it all yeah. and I think that well, you know when, this when you guys got married uh, a friend of mine died and wait what when you and Lindsay got married right just going on that of putting your own stuff away like the week before the day of the bridal shower oh my god but yeah but yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like you know, exactly. you should get yeah, you should you should have like totally been able to guys. I got to take a day, yeah. you know. And, and and that's the thing is, you know, don't get me wrong. Like Lindsay wasn't a bridezilla, and she if you had a, I don't know if it came up or whatnot, but she totally would understood. There are lots of women out there who would have said, "Nah, you're showing up," you know. Who, like we've heard stories about yeah. this. We've seen this online. I stage managed a show with a concussion. <laughs> you well, you know, you, you I was gonna say, but that's. And, and on top of all that is yeah. where they bring the funny mm-hmm. yeah. in this movie. Right. Um, it was what I thought really 
uh, came up again in Trainwreck is what, or what I heard, um, I listened to a thing where Annie Mumolo, um, Kristen Wiig's writing partner, mm-hmm. was talking about when she was talking about the writing of Bridesmaids. Yeah. And the one, she said, she said the one great piece of advice that uh, Apatow gave them was, you will make it funny. I am not worried about that. Uh, between the two of you and the other women we have in this cast, the guys that we have in this cast, I am not worried about this being funny. Just get the story right, exactly. get the serious stuff right, and we yeah. will find everything else. And I think yeah. both Bridesmaids and Trainwreck does that really, really well. Yeah. 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 Did you rewatch it for this, or did you just kind of think about it? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't rewatch it. It was something that I just, you know, that I just kind of, kind of thought about, it and and was like, what's a movie that I would like to watch? Yeah. Like this? I, I looked it up. I don't. Uh, I don't own it, and um, and unfortunately, it's not on the Netflix. Uh, so I if we still had blockbusters, you know, I, I tried to watch it. It didn't, uh, uh, you know, yeah. it didn't happen, but it was. No, it's it's a good choice for sure. Um, Kelly, you had another movie that goes back uh, around the same time. I think it was just like just the year after Bridesmaid or a year or two after. Um, You went back to a uh, Noah Baumbach film, uh, Francis Ha. Did you write that with Greta Gerwig? Greta Gerwig. I wrote it. She did write it. Okay, yes. I was going to say, because she is all over that movie. Yes, yeah, she is, yeah. Um, and now what, what made you think of Frances Hawk? It came to mind when I saw the promo for Trainwreck for some weird reason. I'm not entirely sure why. But after after watching Trainwreck, and I, I think I may have mentioned it in my email, but just that idea of owning your faults and just being exactly who you want to be and taking your own course. I, I felt like that was... I mean, they're very visually different movies and, yeah. and tone-wise, like, super different. Um, Frances Ha made me laugh a great deal and, and I, I was quite, quite charmed by Do you remember um, any moment in that movie that you just, like, you really laughed out at uh, Frances Ha? Is there any one bit in particular? There's a dinner party scene where I think she's describing what she doesn't do for a living. Just <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> And and not shying away from that. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a freelancer and I work in TV and you know I, I take odd jobs doing coffee shop things or what have you and and the pride thing kind of goes out the window because I get to do things I really like to do and then I sit with friends who are like doctors or whatever and yeah I'm doing what I want and I don't really care if you think I'm not you know don't have a real career um, but but there was a, a a tone-wise similarity I found in those two films. Very different sure. styles, but... Oh, totally. But just you raise up a good point of all of these movies, um, including the one I'm going to bring up that I'm going to surprise you both with, yeah. um, is the kind of the question, and a friend of mine mentioned, it's, it's one of the, the key questions of life is, yeah. are you happy? Mm-hmm. Not are you not are you a happy person, not are you just in general. Like, mm-hmm. do you... However you earn your living, uh, mm-hmm. however you do what you want to do or do something so that it can pay you to do what you want to do, does are you happy with that? And forgetting about what anybody else thinks you should or shouldn't be happy. Right. That, that is really, really important. And I think, like, mm-hmm. Frances has a hard time with that because yeah. she's 26, I think, in the movie, like thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, you know, her dance teacher says, like, texts her aside, it's like, where do you think you should be? Exactly. You know, yeah. like, where, where do you see yeah. yourself fitting into all of this? Which, coming upon my 40th birthday, I know I'm questioning a lot. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, right? Holy jeez. <laughs> 
That's a big thing. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen Francis Hot? I have seen Francis Hot. I I still don't know how I feel about that movie. <laughs> Fair I had I I watched it with uh, uh, my cousin and my sister-in-law and my niece, and uh, we watched it, and all of us had a very similar experience where I was like I was like I don't know if I liked that movie, but I also don't know that I didn't like that movie. <laughs> and then like I went to bed, and the next day I was still like thinking about it. So I'm like, okay, so that's. It's just something. something. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel like you need to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I I I was not charmed by Francis. I found her quite irritating. And um, and I mean it's it's little things like I don't know what Greta Gerwig's background is if she no. if she was a dancer or not. If she has been a dancer. I'm I don't think that she's a very good one. I don't think that and she was, but I think she's the kind of person who just likes like she she so, works yeah. her dancing into like everything she does. Yeah. I just think that she just likes moving about regardless yeah. of how she looks. Which is which is which is fine, but as but it's it's a pet peeve of mine. That <laughs> if you if you cast somebody who's supposed to be making it as like a professional whether it's a professional athlete, whether it's a if you cast somebody in something where what they're doing is supposed to be their career. Right. There needs to be a certain level of proficiency at that thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it's you know, and it's and it's little things like, you know, when I saw there was like a romantic comedy a few years back that starred Queen Latifah in common and Queen Latifah was a sports therapist. Oh and, dear lord. And Common was okay. a professional basketball player. Now, Queen Latifah is taller than Common. Oh no. And I kept watching it going, really? He's like one of the star shooters on the team? Could we not have picked a different sport? If you uh, wanted to cast Common, could we not have just made this like He's been like, a baseball player. Like, I was going to say, yeah. He yeah, played a baseball like, player Moneyball. Could we not do yeah. that? You know, like, yeah. like, could we not just, could you not just have changed yeah. the sport? Uh, <laughs> or just, you know, or just, or made him a, made him a, made him a dancer. Maybe he's, maybe he's, you know, right. maybe he can dance. I don't know. But it was, it was one, it's, so it's one of those things that, that, where it's, it's just enough to, like, take me out of it. Okay. You know? Um, that being said, I, 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 I probably should watch <laughs> Give it a little, like, you know what, to, to me, more, more and more as I go on, the movies that are in this weird little uh, yeah. Never Never Land in between yeah. Yeah. of not being good or bad, those are the ones to me are, that are more interesting. Yeah. Like, the, uh, either the, no, I'll watch it again and the bad stuff comes up, or I'll watch it again and the right. good stuff comes yeah. up, and it's yeah. like, I just, I can't get a handle on you. It's, yeah. it's more interesting to me than the ones that are either universally drubbed or universally right. loved. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. I, yeah, I figure, I figure Francis Ha is gonna kind of be like Lord of the Rings for me, where it like took me, took me, like, like, not the, the, the books, not the movie. I mean, like, as a teenager, it took me so long to get past Tom Bombadil. It took me like three or four reads before I like finally got past Tom Bombadil, and then everything was awesome. like, great, and it's one of my favorite series now. <laughs> and now, it ain't no thing to read through Tom exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be. Like, you get there, no problem. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I went with a really old movie for mine, which I don't know if you guys have seen or not, because I just, you know, that, that's not the point of this part of the show. Um, I went with a movie from 1939 called Midnight. 
starring Donna Michi and Claudette Colbert. Um, and it's uh, it's written by Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett. I cannot remember the director for the life of me. And so it was great that you were mentioning the neat cute, because the neat cute in this movie is Colbert is uh, a showgirl who shows up. Um, she went to, she got a sum of money, went to Monte Carlo, and lost it all, except for enough to take a train ticket to Paris. So when she gets to Paris, she likes walks out of the train station. Um, the, the porter says, can I get your bags? She's like, sure. They're back in Monte Carlo at the pawn shop. You can go get them <laughs> if you like. And, um, and she, she talks her, charms her way into yeah. a cab, and the cabbie is Donamichi. So, and, and she's... I'd and like her, to see that. It's, it, I, I, I can lend it to you. Yeah. Um, the, and, and what happens is they make the deal of she can't pay for the fare, but if he can take her on a few job uh, opportunities that whatever she makes on her first check, she'll split it with him regardless of the meter. Um, she then talks her way into being mistaken for uh, Hungarian royalty just by walking into a party where she's not supposed to be and just bluffing it. Was Hungary a thing back in the day? Because I'm just thinking to the shop around the corner with Jimmy Stewart, based in Budapest, Hungary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was, was, it, it, it was exotic. Yeah, I could go here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, for like for me, you know, we were we were talking earlier about like the classic tropes of romantic comedy. This is as classic a romantic comedy as it gets, and we forget sometimes that the whole genre goes much further yeah. back than 1985. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, things like meet cutes yeah. uh, that you were talking about in, in the holiday, the, the meet cute that they talk about is where um, the, the, there's a pajama shop, and one, the, the woman wants to buy pajama tops, and the man wants to buy pajama bottoms, and they're both trying to buy the same set. Yeah. It's not quite like getting in the right. cab and saying, I'll split the meter, yeah. but yeah. I feel like the older romantic comedies had a little bit more charm because they had yeah. to be a little bit more clever. Well, it right. happened one night. They have a bit with Colbert and Clark Gable in a, in a hotel room where she takes the pajama top and yeah. he takes the bottom. Right. And they have to do this like little dance of you can't see what I'm wearing. And yeah, yeah. Um, Colbert, she she was in a ton of yeah. great romantic comedies back in the '30s, mm-hmm. um, and we forget that a lot of the times, like the actresses in that era, had a little bit more gumption. Well, yeah. I mean, like you. Um, which is one of the things yeah. I like about people yeah. like Amy Schumer. Yeah, well, and like recently for for the like um, uh, like for the research I was doing for the play I was writing, I actually went back and, and uh, watched a lot of uh, like sort of the older romantic comedies. Remember things some of like, them? Uh, things like My Girl Friday. Oh, I love that movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, where yeah, you got like Rosalind Russell and and Cary Grant, and you know, and and that's I mean, there's already an established relationship there. They're actually. They start the movie with him signing the divorce papers, right. Right? right? You know, and so and so like that's a bit of that's a bit of a twist. But yeah, it's when you look at um, particularly like the old, um, I think the director is Howard Hawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like yeah. like a lot of his a lot of his old movies, you do have these, you know, strong female characters who are not quote strong female characters end quote you know um, who like who are usually career women in some way who have you know like like maybe like maybe they talk about like wanting family and kids and but but really ultimately it's their career that fulfills them and, and they're quick witted and yeah I'm thinking of Woman of the Year with Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy like, yeah with that group yeah or bringing a baby yeah, yeah. 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 the one uh, we we brought up uh, we brought up 
um, Woman of the Year a few episodes ago because I, I love the bit at the end movie. where she tries to cook. Oh my gosh. Because she, she's, she's thinking to herself, I'm, I'm going to cook breakfast. Oh, well, I, I yeah. can do this. How hard can it be? <laughs> yeah. and, she, and she just makes such a mess yeah. of it. But it's like, at the, you still don't care because this is somebody who's like, you know, like a Nobel laureate, somebody who like sits on panels in academia oh, exactly. who can't make a waffle. Yeah. But, it's like, but we all have our things, right? Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah. Whether or not you're the person who can fix the tear in my T-shirt yeah. or you're the person yeah. who can fix my brain tumor, you know, you, you have a, a value in this world. Well, and you even look at something like, um, you know, and, you know, even this is completely off board in a lot of ways, a miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, you okay. know, That's where true. you've got uh, the romantic and the, like, the adults, you know, even though it is, like, you know, really Natalie Wood's film, very young Natalie Wood, just adorable um you know um but uh you know with her mother who's who's a working single mother mm-hmm. you know and uh you know and a pragmatist and like has a good job and yep. and they're never seen it's never clear whether she is de- i can't remember whether they established that her husband passed away or whether she's divorced know. from her husband but i get the impression that she's divorced from her husband yeah and there seems to be no real stigma about her being a single mm-hmm. mother working in the city you know and yeah. and yeah. like the, the like romantic connection that happens between you know her and uh and the lawyer who ultimately defends him was yeah yeah you know, i um Coming back to Midnight, the, the other reason why I liked it is because ultimately it comes down to uh, to Colbert to kind of resolve the situation. Things get out of control in that movie real fast because she, she talks herself into becoming this Hungarian uh, baroness. <laughs> Uh, she has to like double down on the lie when she gets taken to this like big, great big society party, and it all seems to be kind of coming to this weird head. And she's really out in front of it. Don Amici's doing his charming thing of like Clark Gabling his way through the situation, but she's really the one taking the lead. Like people like Kristen Wiig and Amy Schumer do in their situations, they're not just following along of of the romantic gesture. They're basically steering the gesture. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I really found that that was a really, really cool thing in 1939. So the one last piece of homework I gave you guys was a section I call Further Down the Spiral, which I, I wanted it to use. We've actually had a lot of it on this show, so thank you both for this, of talking just outside of the movies and talking about our lives and talking about other things that people can do. Um, that you that kind of came to mind when you then when you saw Trainwreck. Erin, I'm gonna come back to you. Okay. Could be books, movies, TV, or no, not movies. Movies the only thing. No, books, TV shows, food, anything else that you thought any little thing in uh, in Trainwreck uh, reminded you of that people should try. Just as kind of a hey, I should go do that. Like we're at a wine bar right now. Like I'm having my first glass of wine and months because I'm like hey I, she's drinking wine I would have wine it could be that kind of thing um, what'd you come up with um, come back to me okay <laughs> Kelly you get to so you get um, mine was a book that I've recommended to many friends when they've gotten dumped I'm immediately like borrow this um, book by Cindy Chupak who wrote for Sex in the City okay. um, called the Between Boyfriends book is it instructional? It sounds well, like a how-to. I immediately, when I went to the bookstore, I went to Humor, and they're like, no, that's in self-help, which I oh thought was freaking my. hilarious. <laughs> um, I was like, really? I'm single, and I'm going, okay, thanks for judging me, Indigo. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
you're a woman on your own. You need to talk to someone. Um, it's a great book of a lot of little stories that ended up in Sex and the City, um, but these little short stories of different relationships and, and you know, like, I can't, I can't think of any specific story off the top of my head, but these different archetypes of guys that we will meet along the way and things that happen and things that we do. and. Is the platonic a, friend one of them? I think it covers everything. It's just a bunch of short stories. It's a quick and easy read, and um, it's really quite wonderful. So that would I be can it. only imagine, like, if if that was a library book that a person read more than once, the librarian judging, like, going to check out, going, again, really? again, really, yeah. really, yeah. Or it's like my lawyer when I sold my house was like, uh, so you're still single? And then there was this quiet bit. He went, I didn't. I didn't mean it that way. I, I didn't just, mean to put the emphasis on still. <laughs> but sorry, by Cindy. Cindy Chupak. She was one of the Sex and the City writers, and she writes for um, Two Broke Girls now. She might executive produce this. Did you come up with anything? Um, well, a TV show that I've just started watching that I'm um, really enjoying. I'm only a couple episodes in. Is Broad City. Okay. Oh, I've seen a few episodes of it. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and I mean, it's got it's got kind of like a, that kind of similar similar feel to it. I mean, I've mentioned it a couple times already, and it's very much out there already. But I'm I'm a huge girls fan. Um, I recently binge watched the entire fourth season over the course of a night and a morning. Wow! Like, just did did the whole thing. Um, and tied into that, like Lena Dunham's uh, film *Tiny Furniture*, which is a very, which is the film that got her it's like on the radar. It's a lot girls. like *Girls*. It, no, that's that's my it, only like like no, I I I I like the, I like the heck out of um, Lena Dunham, but yeah. my only little qualm with her is I want her to do something that's really not her, and I feel that that's what she's been doing. Is she's been doing but, a lot of her. But it's it's not. Okay. A lot of people think that that when you watch when you watch girls, a lot of people think that Lena Dunham is Hannah. She is not. If you read her her memoir that just came out, and if yeah, you realize how much effing work goes in, she is writing the show, she is starring the show, she's directing a lot yeah. of the episodes. But that's that's she's the whole show, reason more why I think that she's, she's her. show running it. Thank you. But the character, the character of Hannah, is this is this person who's like kind of lost and struggling in life, and isn't finding success in what she's doing. And so, yes, there are there are personal life experiences that she writes into her work, which is some which is you know yeah. something that I, as a new writer, do a lot too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's right what you know, right? Right what yeah. you know. So there is a lot of her personal life experience that she writes into the show, but a lot of people think that she is Hannah, and she most certainly is yeah. is not Hannah. That is that is a character. Yeah. Now bringing and it back, the why why Broad City? Like, because you like I'm, um, I'm getting broad, I'm certainly getting yeah. how much you like girls, but yeah. why Broad? City? Broad City, and again, this is this is new, but it's like it's um, it has that kind of like fun, raunchy humor. It's got you know these these stars these two women who are you know really freaking hilarious, and um, you know kind of and one of the characters in particular just really embraces the sort of crazy awesomeness that is her like that is her life. Um, in the first episode it starts with 
the two characters FaceTiming each other, and then, like, you know, they're on our computer, and one of the characters is kind of, like, bobbing up and down, there's music in the background, and then, like, the camera tilts a little bit, because she's on a computer, and... And it, like, moves down to her hips, which are moving. Like, she's wearing a shirt. <laughs> it moves down to her hips, which are moving, and then it, like, pops back up. Yeah. And the one character goes, are you having sex right now? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Lionel's here. And it's just this, like, completely, you know, she, like, finishes the call, shuts it. And it's like, she's the one who called the other person. The person having sex is the one who made the that's call. That's great. And it's just, it's this wonderful... And you know that's happened somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. these, oh, these sure. kind of, like, wonderful... Speaking uh, of right, which you know. Yeah. The very funny... Uh, it's just two very funny women doing very yeah. kind of raunchy humor that a lot of the time is associated with a very male energy, and yeah. it's, and it's oh. uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, my choice for Further Down the Spiral um, to, to kind of um, stroke both of your egos is to see, for people, especially if you live in a large city, is for people to get out and see um, theater. It's for people to get out and see smaller shows like you both have we know written, some writers. stars, produced... <laughs> Um, I, no, like obviously, I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Um, but I think that people live in cities and they don't always take advantage yeah. of what the city has to offer. You know, they're they're just yeah. kind of content to go to work and go to the bar and go home. Um, and I think that there's there's a lot of it. It's you know we we we're not just here, but like there's like you know you've taken your show to the fringe in Winnipeg, which I don't think of Winnipeg as you know a, a, That's exactly one of my a cult- cultural mecca. It's one of my it's one of the biggest it's fringes. one of the biggest in Canada, and we were lucky with the show I did called Baggage uh, to get in. Um, but I've been there stage managing shows for friends in, in years and years ago. Yeah, and I love their fringe. Um, there's something really wonderful about fringing because you don't know what you're going to see. No, no, it's completely you know? like the can can goods without the labels on it. Exactly. Uh, you know, because yeah. you you you're, you can't really go. You might be able to go by some small degree of pedigree. If you know, right. like if, if somebody saw a slut, then they might know. Oh, it's from that girl. I'm probably going to dig this. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's no offense. Yeah. That's a big if. Right, and definitely while while I was hustling for this year's show, it was like it was really kind of refreshing to like run into people that I that I that I didn't know, but you know when I you know was talking yeah. about my show the previous year, they said, "Oh, we heard so many things That's about such it." An or, experience, isn't or, it? Or, or saying, <laughs> so or saying, "Oh my God, well we saw it last year. We absolutely yeah. loved it. We're so I we we're coming this year. We're yeah. for sure." Yeah. Which was you know really you know kind of wonderful. It's a neat feeling. Yeah, it's a. And I think that you know, if if people have this in their in their vicinity, I I, I kind of fear that there's a little bit of a a fear in their head of like um, waiting for Guffman that they think that that's what they're going to be walking into. Which well, I saw a pretty bad show this year. Sometimes it is. But I, yeah, I mean, but but that's the thing. So but you're in the whole bunch. In the French festival, it's it is because it's a lottery in Toronto. It really is a crapshoot in a lot of ways. But in the same respect, it's like if you if you go and see a show and you don't like it, um, maximum you've spent like 
like fourteen dollars exactly. if you bought your ticket in advance, and, and like that's, and that's like ninety price, minutes of your that's time. That's the price of a movie. If that, yeah, you know, it's like you run the same risk as going to see a movie, except this time you saw some live theater. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a lot of like a, a lot of the voices that we're hearing are coming out of smaller sketch comedy, are coming out of things like Second City, yeah. coming out of uh, Upright yeah. Citizens Brigade, New yeah. York, and that kind of thing. So you can see somebody before they get really big. You can hear these jokes and exactly. be able to be the one to say, "Hey, I remember when she did this on right. such and such and such." Exactly. Um, so that was my little way of. He agrees. Yes, yeah. that was my little way of plugging both your work. Uh, Thank you. So, so there's that. Um, so, are you just to kind of wrap up the show? Are you taking Meet Cute anywhere that people can look forward to? Um, there's nothing confirmed right now, but if you want to like my page on Facebook, which is there will Aaron be links Thompson, in the in the episode of the, sh- and, in the show. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Tumblr. Uh, so you can find me all of those places too. We will leave lots and lots of links. Kel, your show that you're working together, do you have a goal in mind for it that I've, I can hold I've, you to now that it's recorded? I'm talking to a possible producer, which would be my first time with someone producing my show. Wow, look at you. I've never, I've, knock on wood, it will happen. What does a producer do? Really nothing. Okay. I'm kidding. Um, there's so much. There is so much. <laughs> when you're, when you're, producing it and you're putting all these bits together and then you're writing it and then you were acting in yours I couldn't yeah. remember my own lines so I would never do that but um, there's so many little bits and bobbles especially with Fringe yeah. that no one would really kind of think of when they come to see your show so the fact of having someone think about the poster and the program and stuff that I don't need to worry about would be really lovely. And the money. So, and the money. And the money. And, and yeah. So hopefully that'll happen. Um, yeah. So I will keep you posted. Very and, nice. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So like I said, something a little bit different. Uh, this was less a discussion about the film than it was a discussion about things that Aaron and Kelly have experienced, the way men and women interact, the way that the, the women approach comedy, and, uh, you know, what hopefully will become uh, of that sorely lacking uh, part of our entertainment and artistic landscape. Um, and I'm really, really happy to have captured it all on audio. Uh, both Aaron and Kelly shared a lot uh, of themselves, and it's not normally what you hear on this show and that's what i think makes it more special and uh, something that i will cherish for a long long time that is episode 142 of the matinee cast come on back on monday august 10th for episode 143 i have no idea what film we'll be discussing that week but uh, you'll have to check in Aaron and Kelly are both very omnipresent around social media uh, of course uh, going along with the shows that they produce where you can find them is a little bit lengthy to list off here so what I would just say is refer to the show notes if you want to check in on them and their work and I highly recommend that you do my site of course is thematinee.ca for more audio content you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting you can find them on Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio Blueberry Apple's podcast app and the iTunes store everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop feedback on Trainwreck on Midnight on 
Bridesmaids or on Francis Ha or just anything else that we happen to talk about you know, in the course of this show um, can be left in the comment section of the site emailed to ryan at the matinee.ca twitter where i'm matinee underscore ca facebook.com slash dark matinee one last bit of thanks to aaron and kelly for joining me for wine and pizza on a saturday afternoon in toronto but for aaron and kelly i'm ryan we'll see you at the matinee It's mine.